0: And now let's continue in John 3, with John three fourteen and 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Alright, so this is a really interesting and a cool verse here that we get to read. Uh, it is another example where John is pointing back to Moses and um, instead of talking about the wall, he's referring to some specific point in the story of the Exodus, the Israelites leaving Egypt and moving to the promised land. And it's an interesting way that he starts this verse here in verse 14. And as Moses lifted up, so it's kind of saying just as Moses lifted up this serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So let's go and look uh, back at this case in the Older Testament where we can read about what happened and see what Moses did and why John is pointing back. Well, why All right. let's continue on with the dialogue between Jesus and Nicodemus and let's jump in to John three fourteen and 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And so here we're continuing on in the response that Jesus is giving to Nicodemus. So Nicodemus had said, how can these things be true? He's taking Jesus literally, that someone has to be born again and doesn't understand how one can be born a second time. And Jesus was scolding him for being a teacher, but not understanding what the Older Testament had been saying. And now he continues with this and says that, uh, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And so it's a really interesting way that Jesus was starting that beginning of that first uh, verse here, verse 14. And as Moses, and so it's saying, just as Moses did this, so must the Son of Man. Uh, so let's look back into the Older Testament and see uh, in Leviticus, Uh, What Moses had been doing uh, when he lifted up this serpent in the wilderness. So this is in, uh, I said Leviticus, it's actually Numbers. So Numbers 21. So this is still part of the Exodus story. The Israelites leaving leaving Egypt and going to the Promised Land. Uh, They are on their way there. Aaron... Moses' brother has just died, and we've seen countless times where the Israelites keep grumbling against God, and things happen, or they grumble against Moses, and they get punished, and so here's yet another instance of this. So Numbers 21, verses 4 through 9, so I'm going to read that here for us. From Mount Hor, they set out by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of the land of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people so that many people in Israel died and Moses came and the people came to Moses and said we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against you pray to the Lord that he may take these serpents away from us so Moses prayed for the people and the Lord said to Moses make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole and everyone who is bitten when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on the pole. And the serpent, and if the serpent bit anyone, he would look at the serpent, the bronze serpent, and live. All right. So we see here, at the beginning, the people were grumbling against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of the land of Egypt? You've just brought us into this wilderness to die. There's no food and no water. Well, actually, there is food and water. You have been graciously providing God food and water. But this food that you have provided us is loathsome and worthless food. This is the manna, food that God was miraculously causing to appear for the people. And they're calling it loathsome and worthless. Um, and then they're grumbling against God and everything that he is doing to provide and protect them and this is where then God punishes them and sends these serpents out among the people so that anyone who was getting bit by these serpents was dying and this is when they realize the error of their ways and they start to repent they confess that they've sinned and they turn to Moses uh, and he then prays for them and this is where God says okay make this bronze serpent and then hold it up so that anyone who's big can look on this serpent and survive. And so we see here that the people are following this trajectory of sinning, of being punished, of turning to the Lord, needing a mediator to help mediate between them and God. And then God ultimately providing a way out, not anything that the people did, but that it is a way that God is providing that out. So we saw the Israelites sin and grumble against God and call his good uh, gifts worthless. We see them getting punished for it. And then we see them confessing their sins. We see them turning to Moses, who's acting as a mediator between the people and God, and then God ultimately providing a way out where he can show compassion on the people of Israel providing them a way to survive. And then it's also a way where God is keeping his covenant promise where he has said to Abraham that he would create a a people from his descendants that would be more numerous than the stars, more numerous than the sand on the seashore. And so he has to maintain a remnant. uh, And so that is what he is doing here. He's punishing Israel but he is still going to provide them a way out and maintain a remnant of these people to ultimately have the Savior come from them. And now, that's what we then see here when we're in John, and Jesus is referencing back to this point. So he says, Just as Moses lifted up that serpent, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And so Jesus now is acting as that mediator, He's acting as that Moses between the people and between God. Not only is he acting as that mediator, but he's acting as that bronze serpent. He's acting as the sacrifice and the one to whom everyone has to look. So he's not only the mediator, but he's also the means of salvation. And so we can follow that same trajectory that the Israelites were following through. So we, as all humans, are born in sin. And so for all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. So all of us have sinned just as Israel did. And there is a current punishment. Uh, We are living in a cursed world at the moment, uh, living under that curse. And there's also a future punishment, one that is to come where All sinners will have to face the full and righteous wrath of God. And so there is this punishment that is coming. But as the verse here says in 15, whoever believes in him, so whoever turns to Jesus and believes in him, uh, who actually cries out to Jesus, they will be saved. And so here's the way out, but the you need that mediator, so it has to be through Jesus Christ, and then he is the one who is providing that. And so we see that Moses, when he built that serpent, and anyone who looked at them, the, the verse says that they then lived. So Exodus or Numbers twenty-one nine says, So Moses made the bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if the serpent if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. The interesting thing here is he would live until he would yet die later. And so there's some finite amount of time that that person is going to live before they die. But here in John 3 15, whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And so Jesus is not only that perfect mediator, not only that perfect sacrifice, not only per- perfect means by which we can have salvation. He also is providing a much better salvation than Moses was providing to the people of Israel. It is an eternal life for us, and so we know that uh, once we are raised to walk in that new life, we will never die again because the last enemy that will be placed under Jesus' feet is death itself, and so we will have that eternal life. And so this is such a joyful verse, these two put together. Uh, it is such an amazing story that we get to look back into numbers and see what happened when the people of Israel were grumbling and complaining. And then we get to take that story and see how it is applied to us here in the context of John three fourteen and 15, and then how we even then get to apply that into our day today. And know that when Jesus talks about the Son of Man being lifted up, not only was he referring to the Savior, but he was saying that he is that Savior. Uh, And so we know that if we believe in God, if we confess with our mouth, with our mind, and with our heart, if we turn to him, confess our sins, uh, bow our knee to him as our King and as our Lord uh, and repent, then we too can be saved from that future wrath to come. Uh, God uh, is going to pour that out. And so instead of pouring that out on us, he will have placed that wrath onto Jesus, who will pay that penalty for us. And we can be blessed with eternal life. So remember this as you go about your in day today. Remember that there is a due punishment for sin, and that Christ has paid that for those of us who have been adopted into his family. So be joyful and be thankful for that. Uh, Flee from your sin and from temptation and continue to turn to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ.